someone call an ambulance, please. Someone call an ambulance. I think I'm really fucked up. I think I'm really fucked up. <laughs> Fucking baby. Why do all the people that? G-Man. Is there anything for dessert or something? Spider-Man. Yay. I need help with doing a push-up. This is still going? Yep. <laughs> good evening. Good morning. Uh, bonsoir. Uh, uh, bonsoir doesn't mean <laughs> hello. Hello and welcome to uh, episode 204 of the GMAT podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're into it. Um... Uh, you might notice today things were a little bare, things were a little uh, minimal, um, things were a little Aiden Ben Beckless, um, but fear not, I am here, your captain, your guide, your uh, sergeant, your governor, if you will, your cult leader, some might say, um, uh, handsome. Brave, strong, I'm here to guide us through a solo episode of the podcast, uh, hopefully to completion. Gross. Yuck. If you're watching the video podcast as well, you might notice um, the uh, the webcam's a little blurry. Um, that's because I didn't set up the things properly. Uh, <laughs> I didn't bring out the thing, the tripod stands and all that sort of shit. Um, not tripod stand, the fucking camera stand. Uh, so you guys are a bit further away, so I've zoomed it in. And you know what? I could have done it, but why try? Because trying ain't cool. Second you start trying, you enter the lame brigade. And I'm part of the cool brigade. Um, where to start? You might, you guys might hear, um, uh, as I sniff and <coughs> cough my way through this uh, podcast, uh, I'm sick. Uh, uh, again, you ask? Uh, thanks for asking. Um, this time, probably not COVID. Um, but yeah, we only had COVID like four weeks ago and it was pretty bad. And then, uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, we wake up and, uh, and I'm like, oh, I got a sore throat today. It was very, very reminiscent, very exact, almost exactly like when I had COVID. I woke up and I was like, oh fuck, I got a sore throat. Like, like not like a, I had indigestion and slept or like I, I, didn't have enough sleep kind of sore throat, like a razor blade swallowing kind of, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to actually get like a strepsil or some medication or some fucking shit because this is, uh, this sucks. Um, what's the time? I should track that as well. Um, yeah, so I woke up with that just like when I had COVID and then just like COVID, boom, next day, sniffles, coughing, snot running out of my nose, full blown sicky baby. Um, yeah. And then that's been this week. So I, I we we I probably don't have COVID. Done the tests, um, and we kind of tracked where it came from. Um, and it seems like it's going around a bit because um, I'm not the first person I've spoken to. I'm not, I didn't speak to myself. I'm not the. F- I, I've spoken to a couple of people, and that thing of being like, yeah, I had a sore throat for a day, and then I woke up the next day and I was dying, is has is very common at the moment. Um, and I think it's just a flu thing. Um, so yeah, so he said to the boys, don't come around, don't do the podcast this week because you'll either get the flu or you'll get maybe COVID. We weren't sure at that point. Um, and then Beck and I were going to do it, but it's been, it's just been a stupid busy week. It's currently Friday afternoon and the podcast is supposed to drop in 
10 hours, 12 hours, 12 hours, 20, 20, 20, yeah, 12 hours. So I'm here alone. <coughs> um, and it has been, uh, it has been a wild, busy, um, really three weeks at this point, isn't it? I'm going to angle myself a bit better here, get my gut nice and low. Um, yeah, it's been three weeks. Um, <coughs> Beck and I were doing shows, Aiden's doing shows. Um, uh, we had it for two weeks. Aiden's still doing shows this week. That's another reason why I didn't want him to come over. I didn't want to get him sick. Um, so, uh, yeah, Beck and I finished up um, a production of the Great American Trailer Park Musical uh, about a week ago, and that ran for two weeks. Um, and it was good. It was good. We got it done. But again, yeah, it's just it's just been... Keeping up with the content has been uh, difficult. Um, but luckily, we've been able to work it enough so that, you know, either Ben or Aiden could be here at whichever week. Um, but, um, yeah, couldn't do it this week. <clears throat> and the weird thing is, I don't have that many, I don't have that many notes. And not having that many notes is already daunting enough when there's four of us in the room. But uh, when it's just me, it's, um, it's worse. I keep taking these breaks to swallow all this fucking phlegm. So, um, uh, a couple of people might have come and seen the show. Might have seen this in the foyer. Can we talk about... A lot, people might not know this. Um, like the other week when I was talking about Prod Week. And Ben was like, why don't you tell the audience what Prod Week is? It's these like theatre terms that we've been using since we were like f- six years old. Or whenever, whenever we started doing theatre. That we know and that... We just say, thinking other people are going to know what we're talking about. But here's something you might not know um, that re- that I got reminded of because it's been, you know, because of COVID, it's been like three or four years since I've done a show. But I fucking hate foyers. Not as a, a viewer of theatre, um, but as a participator, as an actor, as an actor. I um, I could really do without the, the foyer setting because like you know if you go to see a professional show or if you do a professional show you do the show you go out the stage door you go home do whatever you're going to do sometimes there's like fans who'll meet you at the stage door and want to get autographs or chat or whatever fine but in an amateur production or a semi-pro production um you can uh, you you go out to the foyer to see friends and family and people who come and see the shows um, very occasionally there'll be like, there'll be someone there who, um, is like, can I have an autograph? And I'm like, uh, and the, someone's like, I- I'm a, a accountant. I'm just doing this for a laugh, but they, you know, they, you know, makes you feel like a celebrity for a second. Um, but yeah, fucking foyers, man, are the fucking worst. And I think every performer unanimously agrees we hate foyers because it's this weird, like fabricated not fabricated, I shouldn't say that. It's just this it's this weird setting that you don't get anywhere else in your life where for two hours you've been up on stage doing what you hope is a good job. Singing songs, playing a character, doing dances. At its core, it's quite embarrassing. Um, and then the people who know you most intimately come and watch you do this. And then you have to go out in front of them and say, hey, what's up? Which is so fucking scary. Uh, I don't find it as scary anymore. I know a lot of people do. I just kind of find it awkward and, and weird. I always try to go up to, if I'm coming out of a show, I'll walk straight up to someone and I'll be like, 
I'll, I'll think of something that's going on in their life so I can interrupt them before they have to go through the rigmarole of being like, oh, you were so good and you were so great and I love the blah, blah. Because it's like, yeah, I, it's, it's, it also could have to do with like not being good at taking compliments. Um, you know, because you're basically just going, especially like in theatre because the circles are so small. You know, there's thousands of people in Melbourne who are doing theatre, doing amateur theatre. Um, but you get to see the same people around. And, like, I know so, so, so many people um, by name, but don't know, and I'm not, like, friends or even acquaintances with them. I just know them because I've met them in four years and shows. And, and, oh, I saw you in Plinger. You were so good. And they, oh, I saw you in blah, blah, blah. You were so good. And then you have to go, like, bouncing between people in the room. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so good. It's like, oh, thank you so much. And you walk, oh, yeah, I love this. Show. Oh, thank you so much. Like, you're just bouncing from one circle of people to the next. And it's also weird to have someone say, oh my God, you were so great. And you just go, thank you and walk away from them. That's not a context in which receiving a compliment um, doesn't, you, you can't react kind of rudely. But everybody understands, you know, you, you know, you get like two seconds of a person's attention because they, you know, they've got to go see someone more important, a partner or a parents or a family, somebody who really like made an effort to come. But like, it's, it's so fucking awkward. You go through and something, oh, you were so good. I, I loved it. But like, thank you so much. And then move, walk straight away from them. So fucking rude. So fucking weird. I hate foyers. And it's gotten to the point now where I come out and like a Ben, Ben and Aiden and Sienna and some people came as a group and I saw them and they're like, hey, and I was like, don't say anything. Just, let's just fucking go outside and just talk about some other shit because it's, uh, it's, it's awkward. Um, uh, and then I asked them how their shows and whatever. Um, so I could do without four years. So that's an experience that not a lot of people have. That's, um, I, I feel like it's pretty, pretty specific to theater. I'm trying, I was trying to think of a context in which that would happen outside of theater where you go out into a room of p- hundreds, sometimes people, um, and also strangers will be like, oh my God, you were so good. Like, and you have to be like, thank you. And then walk away from them, which feels rude. Because if a stranger said, came up to me and said, oh my God, um, I saw, I saw the, the work you did on your fencing on your property and I loved it. I'd be like, well, thank you so much for saying that because I work so hard. Don't know why the fuck that came into my head. I think it's because I did some gardening the other day. So if someone came up to me and was like, oh, those roses, mm, those Iggy Azaleas you planted, they look so fucking good. I'd be like, well, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, I, I, you, I went down to Bunnings and I had this and I took that and I said, like, oh, but but thank you. Um, are you a guard? Like it's, you, you have a conversation after a compliment. You don't just go, thank you and walk away. Fucking hate foyers. Oh, by the way, in case nobody knows what a foyer is, it's the meeting place. It's like a lobby at a, at a I'm sure people know what a foyer is, right? A foyer, a foyer, some people say. Wankers um, will say that. I'm going to meet out in the foyer. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's a foyer. Stop being a twat. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did that. And by the way, no hate or anything to people who I saw in the foyer who might be listening to this. It's not the people I meet. I love seeing the people. It's the context. It's inherently awkward because the people feel like they have to say something nice and then you feel like you're you know you're about to take some compliments that could be fake they you might have done i might have done a bad job and people might just be having to say thank you and i go like it's it's it is awkward um but let's stop talking about that i'm going to a foyer tonight um and luckily aiden's not in this show he's he's uh assistant directing the show so i don't have to be like oh my god you're so good (laughs) i can just be like 
hey, I like this, I like that, I like this. And like, you know, we can just have a normal conversation. Um, but yeah, I am going to run into people. And I, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I much prefer to be the complimenter than the complimentee. I, I have no qualms or worries about catching people after a show tonight who I know, because I know a few people in this show that I assistant directing. Um, and I have no issue going up to them and saying, great job, or, you know, saying whatever. Where was I going with all these thoughts? Um, oh, did you hear that? <laughs> I've been smoking a lot of weed lately. Um, not that I've never not been much of a weed smoker, but I've been smoking a lot more weed. Um, not really this week when I was sick, but uh, previously. Um, something I just spoke about then just gave me a fucking... Made me think about it. Doesn't matter. Either way, this is probably it. I've been smoking a lot of weed, so my memory's all fucking... Gacked up. Um, and I, I, I tell you what, the other night... I don't even know if this is a podcast. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Um, I don't know about people who aren't like big weed smokers... Like, I have a buddy right now uh, who was in the cast of the show that I was just doing. And he's never smoked weed, but he's always wanted to try and all that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool, man. If you, if you, you know, if you ever want to try it your first time, I'm happy to guide you along that journey. And people get, oh, mate, can I? I? Should I? Like, get really excited. And I was the exact same time the first time I smoked weed. I wanted people there to guide me through. I thought I was going, doing fucking ayahuasca or some shit where I'm like, oh, am I going to, am I going to have a bad trip? Am I going to fucking... Am I going to see you shit? Like, you don't, you don't, you, it's, it's like, uh, it's, I guess it's kind of indescribable. Like when you try, like uh, trying to describe drunk would be pretty difficult. You know, you can describe what sort of things happen, but the only reason we can really describe smoking weed and getting high is because we have the reference point of drinking. We can be like, it's kind of like being drunk, but not even at all. There you go. That's your description. Um, Yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, um, so I, yeah, I, I got, um, I got fucking ripped the other night, um, accidentally just got way, way, way too high. Oh yes, I was going to describe it. Um, so for those who haven't smoked weed, it's kind of like you smoke a bit of the chuff and then immediately you're like, oh, I feel, this is good. I feel a bit warm. I feel chill feel like I'm going to sleep well tonight. You know what I mean? And then for me, I smoke a little bit more and I get like, and I'm, I'm baked and I'm like, oh yeah. Like, but I could still, you know, I could still have a conversation and hang out and chat, but I am going to be a little bit slower. You know what I mean? I'm going to, if, if I, if I, if I take out my phone, I could never write an email because I'd just go, what the fuck was I talking about? That sort of thing. Um, it's uh, it's it's like everything's a little bit on slow motion as well. Like you'll turn your head, and then when you turn your head, then your vision goes that way, and you're just like, "Yeah, this is fucking sick." There's a few times I've ended up like making dinner like that, and I'm like, "Oh, I shouldn't be making dinner. I'm gonna start a fucking fire." And then for me, I go past this point, and I'll like turn over into this world that I don't want to be in. All right, now weed won't kill you. It can't kill you. You can't overdose on marijuana. Um, but you can you can get fucking... Some people love getting... Uh, this, like if there's a word for it, because it's not stoned or baked, or just fucking 
burnt. Let's call it burnt. Some people love getting burnt. They love getting so fucking high. They can't even like, or can't make fucking sentences. They just love that like feeling of being like, I'm sinking into the couch. Because I'll sink into the couch. I love a couch meld, melding session as much as the next stoner. But when it's just like, when you, um, you, when you are the couch now, you guys have formed one singular body in time and space and like getting up might be difficult. That's too much for me. And some people love that shit. And, and I am conscious enough when I'm there to be like, oh, I didn't want to get here. And the only way I'm going to get out of this is going to bed, which is a bummer because you've just ruined your whole night. I could have been up for another few hours enjoying things, but now I'm like, well, I have to go to sleep. Otherwise I'm going to have a panic attack. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And you're like, well, is my mouth dry? My tongue feels swollen. My throat feels tight. I can't breathe. Like that's, that's how you end up having bad trips is you uh, is you don't like the way you feel and you start to overanalyze it. And no matter how many times I've done it and how many times I know that what I'm feeling is in my head, I'll still do it again and again and again where I'll sit there and I'll be like, my, throat's, my throat feels really tight. And it's like, hey, bro, your throat was tight the last thousand times you got accidentally this high. You're not, your throat isn't closing up. You're just fucking stoned. Can't convince myself of that. Anyways. But for the first time ever, I got to that point and I wasn't worried about it. I was just like, here's where I'm at and I'm going to fucking enjoy it. Because I remember thinking, oh, I'm not freaking out about this. I'm going to enjoy it. And I had probably the best shower I've ever had in my goddamn life. Um, I, I was going from like moment to moment. That was a thing. That's the thing that happens to me where I'll be like, I'll be, I'll, I'll be present and then I'll lose fucking half an hour of just, I could be doing stuff and then suddenly I'll snap back in and it's like I'm sober. You know what I mean? You're suddenly like, oh, okay, I'm present. I'm here. My brain's back. It's turned on. Hello, everything. I could be like, there's that, there's this, Beck, there's Beck. And like you suddenly are just attuned. You're not sober, obviously, but you do, it. it, it is a weird thing where you do feel sober. I do, I, I, I can have conscious cognitive thoughts, speak sentences, fully and properly I could get up and fucking do a math problem on the wall but then in you know a few minutes straight back straight back to burnt um and that's what happens to me and that happens to a lot of people um and so I'm just keeping losing chunks of the night I remember at one point I like tuned I tuned back in from the and I was back and I was like whoa and this is after I realized what was going on for the while and I turned it back and I was like Beck You've got me right now. And this makes no sense, obviously. So it's still a very high thing to say. But I was like, Beck, you have me right now. But in in 40 seconds, I'm not going to be here anymore. Just so you know, I'm really, 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 really high. And I'm enjoying myself. But I'm losing time. I'm jumping from moment to moment. And in 40 seconds, I'm going to be fucking baked again. And I'm going to... And you may not hear from me for another half hour or so. She's like, what? And I'm gone pretty rad i'm a pretty rad guy i do rad things <laughs> uh, so that's fun that's good that's good why did i get under this thought i smoke a lot of weed um guy in the cast wants to try anyway some people who want to try for the first time do it man it's awesome um but yeah i'm easing up now because uh um yeah smoking stuff gets weird on my throat and i'm like ah i should ease up because i gotta sing and shit like that 
Um, so I haven't smoked for now, like, I want to say like eight or nine days. Um, but I was before that. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking level eight. I'm fucking stoned again. <coughs> Do I have notes? I did put down notes. Um, I was writing notes as I always do for the podcast that was coming up. Um, but they're not like, see, all I've got is like one actual fucking story. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking about this. I think someone mentioned like Christmas party or something and I was going through Christmas parties in my mind. Um, oh, we should do a GMAT Christmas party and get Sienna and the boys and yeah, that's not a bad idea. Anyways, um, so I was thinking about this, this, you know what it was? It was a, um, it was a karaoke bar that I walked past and I saw inside there were, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure where they were from, but they were Asian and they were doing karaoke. Um, <laughs> and it was in another language. Um, and it made me think of the, uh, I was in year nine or year 10, I think it was. I was uh, probably year nine. Um, and I used to work at Woolworths, which is a supermarket, like Woolworths, Coles. I don't know what the, the it, it's Woolworths. It's a supermarket. It's a, it's the biggest supermarket chain in Australia, probably, except maybe Coles. I don't know which one's bigger. Um, but I was working there. I had my little green shirt on. My little, I was working in the produce section. Um, I didn't hate that job. No, it would have been later than that. It would have been year, year, year 10 or year 11. So I'd have been, I'd have been somewhere between, I would have been 16 or 17 years old. Um, and there's a Christmas party. And one of the guys who I worked with, who's a good buddy of mine, um, we were also playing in a band and they wanted entertainment for the night. And him, the fuckhead he is, pitched it to the, uh, the store manager He's like, well, we're in a band. We can come and be the entertainment. And you don't even have to pay us. And the guy was like, <laughs> like snapped into, he's like, don't have to pay. Don't have to pay. No money, no money. Yes, yes, you guys do it. You know how these people are. Um, store managers, I mean. Um, he was white. I don't know why I, <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I think I'm having a hard time navigating the story because I'm about to get into some, I'm about to talk about some racial groups. Um, and, uh, and I want to, I want to, not that I'll be talking badly, but there's an impression that I'm trying to, in my head, work out whether or not I'm going to do. Um, anyways, we'll get there. So our white duty (laughs) store manager, oh fuck, he, um, he got us to do the entertainment. Now, the after party, sorry, the after party, the, the Christmas party was at a Chinese restaurant in the town where the store was. Um, it seemed weird for me to have to clarify that, but there were a bunch of towns around our area and the, the town that... Marupna was the town we were in and the reason we went to this... The reason I want to clear it up is because we didn't go to Shepparton, which is the bigger town, which is where you think you would go and have a Christmas party. Again, I think it's because this guy's been cheap. So we played the gig, Whatever. Um, the gig's actually fine. Like we did, we played the music, people enjoyed it, whatever. Um, we had a function room for the Christmas party. I want to say 50 people showed up. It was about 50 staff. Um, getting absolutely fucking hammered. Keep in mind, a good chunk of the staff is underage workers, but, uh, uh, we were only, 
well, like 20% of the room. The rest of the room was the, um, a lot of the underage stuff. Like, I'm not going to that fucking thing. That sounds shit. That sounds lame. I'm not going to hang out with all these old people. And we're like, old people are fun. Let's go hang out with these old people. Um, so there was a bunch of senior staff to us who were fucking blind drunk. To the point where one of these guys was like, you guys drinking? And we're like, no, we're 16. And he's like, don't worry, but I can get you. What do you want? And at that point, I, I, I don't even think I'd, I... I was uncomfortable, so I was just like, oh, no, I'm okay, thank you. And then one of the other guys was like, can I get a, a, Jack, a Jack and Coke or something? And he was like 15, and they got him one, and just, like, it, it was a fucking... It was... It was... It was awful. It was debauchery. It was just the worst group of people getting as blind drunk as you could get. Um... And then this one guy who was the duty manager at the time, his name's Steve, fuck it. Um, now, Steve, what are you going to know about Steve? What are the things you got to learn about Steve? Steve was a textbook piece of shit. Steve was a textbook, small town, scumbag piece of shit. Steve was a piece of shit. When I say piece of shit, I mean he's a piece of shit. Like kids with multiple women, always complaining about how hard it is for, uh, uh, how hard the courts are on single dads, which is like, look, I don't know that much about it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before I go and throw something like that out, I don't actually know how bad the courts are to single dads and to dads in general. But I hear a lot on Facebook, people are like, the courts hate dads, they always prioritize mums, blah, blah, blah. Dads get such a fucking, single dads get such a hard go. Every single person who I've seen complaining about how hard the courts are on single dads on my Facebook has been someone who is not a good dad, who is a bad dad and is a bad parent. You know what I mean? That's my, that's, I say that weird, wide statement only because that's my experience. And I'm sure there are instances where because of people like this, the courts do prioritize mums and single mums over single dads. But, uh, you know, if I was in a court and I had to make a, doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's not get into it. Point is, that's what he was like. He was always on Facebook being like, fucking the courts are no fucking good. Uh, they're taking my kids away. Fucking bullshit. And I'm like, can you keep track of your kids? I don't think you know your kids' fucking names. There's like three mums and like 11 kids. He's a piece of shit. He had a goatee as well, which I, you know, textbook piece of shits. They love their goatees. I don't know what to tell you. Um, fuck, I sound like a cunt. Um, so, uh, so Steve... Um, after we were done playing, we packed our shit into the car and then we joined the party. And by this point, I want to say Steve had drunk his body weight in whiskey quite easily. You know when someone's so drunk that they, when you talk to them, they're trying to find your eyes? Like a drunk person will be like, hey, what? And they're seeing, they're looking in the eyes. A fucking demolished human being 
won't ever find your eyes. They they just kind of like look around. They're like looking at your nose and like, what are you talking about? They can't they can't work out where their eyes are gonna go. We're gonna fucking let's go to the bar again. Would you like a drink? I'll get us a drink if you want a drink. Just you want a drink? You want a drink? You want a drink? Pissed. He was pissed. He was pissed. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's a free country. <laughs> he um. They got karaoke going uh, at this Chinese restaurant. There's a karaoke machine upstairs and they got it going. People are singing some shit. I think I sung some Bon Jovi or whatever I was into at the time. We were getting lit. We were singing big songs. We were singing tunes. And he, I remember I left to piss or shit. I left to shit. So I was gone for a minute. And when I came back, he had played... Because I don't know if you guys know this. If you go to a karaoke bar, you get like the book. And it's like, here's all the songs and here's the number you have to put in for the song. And then you flip through all the, you know, the Western music. And then on the, like the, the last, like, if it's like, if it's a book of like a hundred pages, the last 30 pages will be, um, let's say Chinese because it was a Chinese restaurant, but I'm not actually sure um, because I'm not good at languages. Uh, but uh, a bunch of Chinese music, Chinese songs, all written in Chinese, presumably. Um, all filling up the last chunk of the book. <clears throat> now, I've never seen anybody do a Chinese song at a karaoke bar. Um, but that night I did. And I walked in. And Steve is not singing the Chinese song. The Chinese song is playing with the little thing going do 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 following the lyrics that are written in Chinese and a song with Chinese, you know, what's the word? Like vibes, <laughs> like the instrumentation has has um, you know, Asian influence. It's an Asian song, it's a Chinese song. And he is screaming into the mic, into the mic like this at the top of his lungs. He's I I so god I badly want to do the impression so I can get the story across. But I don't need that soundbite out there. So imagine a what a old piece of shit Facebook single dad ranting racist would the kind of noises they would be making if they wanted to impersonate a Chinese person. Let me pitch you some words. Let me not pitch you some words. <laughs> I went through that in my head. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, maybe I can just say some of the words that he was saying, and then imagine him doing it in it with an accent. Um, oh fuck it, here's what I'm. Here, I'll say it. I'll say it. He said he was basically saying the word ching chong very loudly over and over again, but not just that. He was saying ching chong, and then being like. So risky. This is so risky. Just making like, like doing an impersonation of a Chinese person when you don't speak Chinese. Imagine that. Now, imagine them also singing that going. I'm just saying do da 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 to get out of it. But he's going and he's singing. He's and and by the way, the room is loving it, which, in hindsight, is. I I remember at the time. And by the way, this is, this is, what was, when was this? this? This would have been like 2010. And I wasn't particularly, um, I wasn't a particularly, uh, 
I don't know, conscious minded or, or when it came to like things like that, I, I, I definitely wouldn't, uh, what's the, what's the way to put it? Like, like I, I wasn't racist, you know what I mean? I'm not a racist person, but you know, when you're like, like when you come from a small town and like someone says a racist joke and you go, Haha, that's funny. And you don't actually think about like whether or not it is actually super, super offensive, like that sort of thing. So I was kind of like that, but even, even then I was like, this isn't funny. This is kind of, this is just fucking dumb. Like it wasn't even funny. It was just dumb and <laughs> so, so racist. I, I, by the way, there's more to this. I haven't even gotten into the fucking, the meat and potatoes of this yet. So there's Steve screaming into the mic, doing a Chinese impression, uh, saying the words that I said, plus a bunch of others. Not slurs, by the way. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to suggest that he was t- just saying a bunch of racist slurs, but he was doing <laughs> doing this impression. That was so bad. He was pulling his eyes to the side, making his eyes squint. Um, and I shit you not. I cannot. T- I promise you, with all my heart, soul. Every facet of my being, I, I'm not lying when I say this. He had one of the presumably Chinese waitresses. He had his arm around her and he was swaying side by side, side to side, singing this song, um, which she, everyone was laughing and she seemed like she was laughing, like she thought it was funny, but she probably went back into the kitchen and was like, these fucking... White sons of bitches are out there playing. I don't know. Smooth transition. Cut that out <laughs> because because I uh I I went I, I I said something that wasn't meant to be a racist joke, but it sounded like a racist joke, and I'm like, there's no way no one's gonna. Anyways, so yeah, she um that was fuck. That was so fucking bananas, right? <clears throat> So Steve finishes his song to a wild round of applause. And then it starts playing again. And he does it again. Two times. And by the way, this isn't this isn't a short song. This isn't a brief song. This is a long song. And the man had to have gone for somewhere between seven and nine minutes, accumulative, of doing this impression to a group of weapons. While Chinese people were serving us food. And it was the most racist thing I'd done ever seen. It was the most racist thing I'd done ever seen. So he finally finishes and then, um, uh, you know, the night carries on or whatever. Oh, you know what else he did? He was so pissed at one point. 
we were getting our gear and you had to go down these big stairs in this restaurant because the, the function room was upstairs. And he tried to help us with some gear and he picked up my buddy's guitar, which is in a hard case, like a hard rectangle case. And he went to the, he was like, you good boys want some help? You want help carry stuff? And we're like, no, nah, that's fine. We only got a few things. He gets my buddy's guitar, goes to the top of the stairs and lets it go and lets it slide down, down, down the stairs. And by the way, the stairs, this it's like the fucking staircase, Kathleen Peterson. It goes down and then just goes to the left, like curves up well, in this restaurant. I'm thinking of the stairs of the staircase. This staircase at this restaurant curved up to the right. And so it went, bang, and hit the banisters down at the end. And he was like, hey, buddy, fucking easy, easy peasy. Fucking I should be a bloody roadie. And goes back into the, into the, Thing and my buddy was standing there like, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Bananas, just just once again a textbook piece of shit. Um, so yeah, the, the night's wrapping up and we're going, and um, he uh. He was coming down the stairs. I'm not exactly sure what happened because I feel like I've created this memory in my mind um, of seeing it, but I don't think I ever actually saw it. But he um, he was coming down the stairs and he must have lost his footing because he was pissed and a piece of shit. Um, but the footing, he lost his footing so bad that he like, he also went forward. So I'm trying to describe this for audio listeners. So you're going downstairs. Basically imagine his right foot goes out, forwards, out of him. But he also has enough momentum that when he hits the ground, he falls forward over his right leg, which bent in such a weird way that he tore his ACL. I think that's what it is on your knee. He tore that. And he tried to catch his fall and he got his hand stuck in the banister and he snapped his pinky. So it was facing fucking sideways. Um, and so he's laying at the bottom of the stairs and he was so occupied. By the way, the, the tear, the ACL or whatever he fucked up in his knee, we didn't even know about because it, it wasn't until ages later when someone was like, oh, he also fucking basically snapped his knee into two pieces because he, he was so focused on the fact that his pinky was facing the wrong direction. Um, well, I guess not the wrong direction, but oh, I guess that is the wrong direction. Any direction that isn't up is the wrong direction. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's, it was fully, so if you have your hand up out in front of you, his pinky was a 90 degree angle to the right or a 90 degree angle away from the hand, which is fucking great. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then we left, we were there for a little bit and there was enough people gathered around him and they were going to call an ambulance and whatever. And we're like, all right, bye. And I'll always remember that. I'll always remember seeing him sit at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, he cried was the other thing. He fucking cried. He was got his pinky and he, he looked at it and he was like, and I think it just freaked him out seeing it. And so he started, he like cried. He wasn't like, but he was like, oh, someone call an ambulance, please. Someone call an ambulance. I think I'm really fucked up. I think I'm really fucked up. <laughs> fucking baby. Hey.
Hey, it's GMAT here. And don't forget, if you enjoyed that episode of the GMAT podcast and you want to hear more, we also have the podcast post show over at patreon.com forward slash the GMAT podcast. The post show is a shorter episode recorded directly after the main podcast where we wrap things up and talk about anything we didn't have time to talk about. $3 a month and cancel anytime. We are a community-supported podcast, so your support over there funds the show and makes it easier for us to keep doing what we love. If you want to support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash the GMAT podcast.